Welcome to Pandora's box. Kalego. Kalego? Kalego. Welcome once again to Pandora's box. You are listening to Aspenweight Radio. You might also be watching us on YouTube, in which case you are taking in our visages. You may also be listening to us on Spotify. If you're not following us on Spotify, please go follow us on Spotify. Get your way down if you're not subscribed to us the on the tubes, go on the tubes. Give us a subscribe. Mm. Look up Pandora's Box Podcast. Be mm. much appreciated, y'all. And then you can keep up to date with our the plethora of interesting topics and facts and um, questions mm. and yeah. all sorts of things that we Anything. get up to. Anything. Gender Anything. ponderings. Anything. Sorry, but we're going to get right into it this Ooh. week. Not even any messing around. What we got? What we got? Not even messing around. But I suppose I like first I should announce myself. I am your host as always, Obadiah Pennywhistle. This week to the left of me, I'm just going to bring back last week because I thought it suited you so much. Yeah. Mr. Bojangles. Mr. Bojangles. Mr. Bojangles. Mr. Bojangles. Mr. Bojangles. Mr. Bojangles. I'm going to rinse it. I'm going to milk it for everything it's worth. And on the right, we have, once again, we have Rectoid. Rectoid. <laughs> he is the Rectoid. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking Rectoid or Filch. Filch? Mm. Do you want to go uh, for Filch? Yeah, I quite want to go for I'm Filch, Filch today. Yeah, all right, Filch. Filch. It's yeah, nice yeah. and short. Filch. Yeah. Filch. Filch. Mm. Filch. Okay, cool. So we're, I'm actually going to sort of bring you guys a, a sequel now. Ooh. This is like a follow-up story. I like this. So do you remember a while back, I told you all the tale of Hannibal Barker mm. of Carthage. Mm. And the about one that went over the mountains. Yeah. Went over the Alps. The Alps. And the elephants. He, he mm. has the record to this day for the most enemy troops slaughtered within a 24-hour <sighs> period when he came this close to like destroying the whole of the mm. Roman Empire. Mm. Um, he had like war elephants and a massive army from Carthage and all this stuff. But he basically made one tactical error where he didn't like push forward. He did not push on. And then eventually the Romans ended up winning. Um, but it's like, He's seen as like one of the best generals ever. Mm. Well, I thought it'd be quite cool as almost like a, a, a follow-up to that Sequel. to talk about the Roman general who actually did end up defeating him. Oh, oh okay. okay. Cool. Mm. So the Roman general who was mainly credited with coming up with the game plan and everything to defeat Hannibal Barker was called General Scipio Africanus. Oh, cool Africanus. name. Yeah, cool and, name. And he was in, um, he was in like modern-day Italy when the Battle of Cannae took place. I don't think he was present, mm. but... Um, he wasn't he wasn't present. He's just like, this is what you got to do. <laughs> Make sure you do it. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. He wasn't pre- present at the Battle of Cannae. So Cannae was when Hannibal won. Ah, so I think, but I think okay. he, he saw the devastation afterwards and was so just like... Time to I'm step up. Yes, you yeah. mm. And at the time, obviously, so Carthage didn't obviously like pull out. Um, after that, um, they sort of, they kept their troops in southern Italy. Mm. And at this time, by this point, like Carthage in their own right had like a massive empire. Right. So, um, you know, they owned like lots of Spain, mm. um, you know, had loads of like um, settlements now in like southern Italy and stuff like that. So um, and loads of in North Africa as well. Just go to on. go slightly off topic for yeah, one yeah, second. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Carthage's empire then, did mm. that kind of all fall after this? Like after yes. Hannibal Barker lost, yeah, so that yeah, was pretty yeah. much the end of it. Yes, yeah. he put they, all his eggs in one they basket. Never, they that never basket recovered. got trampled, man. Mm. Yeah. So, but General Scipio, he was like a very, very intelligent man. This is General Scipio for all the people watching. Nice you can little see picture him up on the on the screen here. Yeah, wow. There's Filch. a really weird picture of him. She's <laughs> got up a nice picture of Africa. Yeah, show 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 a couple if you can. Yeah, yeah. But um, so. He like studied Hannibal. He like studied all of his battle tactics. He that got battle. all these reports of like how Hannibal won. Um, like what were the deciding moments of like every single battle that Hannibal won? You know, really tried to get inside the brain of Hannibal and like mm. figure him out. Um, and Scipio was obviously like a very intelligent man and a, a great general in his own right. And he basically came up with this game plan. So um, what he decided would be the best thing to do first was he called loads forth loads of legions. So he pulled loads of legions, Roman legions, uh, to himself. Get them people together. And he first mm. targeted Spain. But he did right. it like the Carthaginians weren't expecting him to target mm. Spain. So he basically destroyed all the Carthaginian forces in Spain and just ah. completely overtook Spain. He then next did something that was even more unexpected and he went right for the heart of Carthage and he just attacked Carthage Whoa. with like loads of legions. So it's like after they Ooh. after like the Carthaginians went to his doorstep, he went to their doorstep. Mm. Um Hannibal Barker obviously got word of this and was like, Oh dear. Oh. <laughs> so, he, good. so he pulled all of his forces back and like the the 
the ultimate battle that took place was called the Battle of Yama, where eventually General Scipio managed to defeat Hannibal. Hmm. Hannibal didn't die um, there at the battle. He was taken prisoner from by Rome, mm. and he ended up dying. I believe he ended up dying under Roman, uh, uh, you know, as a, like a Roman prisoner, mm. like years later. I'm pretty sure. Did he get chopped up into a thousand pieces? No, I don't think so. Mm. I, he, might have, he, he, he might have. He might have. He might have been eventually executed, mm. but he. I know he spent like years in, imprisoned. Uh, okay. But yeah, so Rome ended up. So General Scipio managed to destroy Carthage, destroyed all of the armies, um, and then as like an honor for like because obviously. Carthage is in like northern Africa. They gave him then the title General Scipio Africanus as like mm. a way that he was almost like the conqueror of northern Af- northern Africa. Oh. So that's an epic name, isn't it? That's General cool. Scipio Africanus. Yeah. But w- one thing I think is almost like shows um, um, Scipio in a really good light. Not only obviously was he like a really intelligent tactician, um, and obviously like managed to in the end like defeat a guy who himself is like considered arguably. Like one of the best generals of all time, but he also was clearly like a very compassionate man because apparently, as he was like watching Carthage burn, once the animal, um, the army had been like wiped out and like Carthage was literally like, on fire, and at the time Carthage was one of the most like beautiful, impressive, like cities on the planet. Apparently, he was just he just started weeping, and apparently mm, he was just like oh really man. sad. Just you know I mean, at the end of the day, it was like it's quite brutal something. Yeah, like, like, yeah. He, he did what he needed to do, but mm. you could he wasn't the sort of guy that he wasn't reveling in like the destruction. Mm. He yeah. thought it was like really yeah, sad. He just Very knew sad, it was necessary. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm. Like, you know, like after what happened at Cannae and like mm. all of those Romans that mm. died. But he yeah, he wasn't happy about it. He was like you know, like literally weeping. Mm. I think his his tale though is a tale of sorrow. Because oh, no. he didn't actually have like the greatest end. Mm. So when he came back to Rome Obviously, like, so never again did Carthage, like, have, like, a big empire. Yeah. So, like, Carthage itself, like, rebuilt a bit, and it was, like, a very important, like, city in itself, but they never had, like, an empire again. And it, was right. it under Rome, then? Was it, like, classed as a Roman No, place? They, they were given no. their own place, but all the other territories were taken over by, right, by okay. Rome. So, like, Spain mm. after that mm. was, like, Rome, you know. They only had their little, like, you know, Carthage mm. was that. That was it. Mm. That was the only place that they were I wonder why to. they, they, that was, like, they could keep that. I wonder why Rome yeah, didn't I'm not actually 100% take sure. over Carthage as a as a Roman like I maybe think, they were just on the decline and mm. was I think, this at the point Rome were on the decline no, no 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 but um I think it was probably more like they'd obviously even back in those days I think we think of it as being like a very modern thing but even in those days they would like negotiate and stuff mm, right and they probably had terms so it was probably like obviously it got to the point Carthage had been overtaken they'd surrendered because they had like no forces left mm-hmm. Hannibal had been like you know was like defeated and then they probably said like look okay we need to negotiate now we are going to take every single bit of territory you own um and then and leave in, in, in return you mm. can keep Carthage, but you're only allowed to stay there and if you ever like try and if you basically right. if you ever like Re- try and square up to us again yeah. we are just going to completely Seems wipe bad. you off the map and they were like mm. okay did like you, at that yeah. point they had no am i making this up or did you last time you spoke about hannibal barker mm. did you say that they salted like all the ground so that they couldn't grow crops and stuff um, I don't think that was with Hannibal. No. Well, Hannibal did that to Italy, or the other. No, around. it happened to Carthage after. No, I don't think no? so. I don't think so. Mm-mm. Okay. I must be mixing two stories. Yeah, I think mm. that must have been another story. Mm. Um, I can't remember that anyway. But yeah, Scipio had a bit of like a sad end because he came back to Rome and he was like this massive hero, mm. um, and everybody like worshipped him. Obviously, he was like the savior of his day because you know a lot of people in Rome were like wor- like seriously worried that it might have been mm. like the end of the Roman Empire. Mm. You know, after Cannae and stuff, like such a brutal defeat, like literally to this day, like the worst defeat of like all time. And um, but w- obviously, what happens with stuff like this is he'd become like such like a he'd almost started being treated almost like a demigod and he was a very good man, like a very decent man, like an honourable man. So obviously all the citizens of Rome like worshipped him and then inevitably, like what would what would happen today as well, um, all the nasty little sneaky politicians of the day mm. started growing very envious of him mm. and they were very worried about the power that he held because mm. they felt that like the people loved him so much that like anything that he did or he would say would like completely overrule anything that they mm, would ever they like wanted do. the yeah. power and like as is the nature with like a lot of politicians i mean we see it all over the world all the time like 
politicians are quite dodgy, conniving. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's it's quite rare mm. actually that you see like that there are politicians that you feel are mm. fully trustworthy. Mm. Yeah, which is in itself is quite strange because obviously the whole point is that like, you obviously want politicians to be some of the most trustworthy mm. people mm. in your mm. entire society. But they're definitely but, not. But they're, yeah. they often tend to be some of the most like scheming and yeah. most underhanded and like yeah. secretive. Mm. Um, you know, not not sincere. Always got an agenda. It's like when you think of telling like you one a, thing, doing another. Yeah, like a who you'd want to follow, like like the most kingly figure that mm. you can imagine. Mm. It is like this, like almost like a warrior king. Oh, yeah, it's like that's really like um, you know someone can, like can rule. noble, yeah, noble mm. can rule, but then can also like protect and all yeah. of that kind of stuff. But politicians are the ones that do hold the power, and they don't have any of those qualities anymore. No. It doesn't seem like no, it's not like not those kingly like qualities that yeah. you'd want to follow as a, like from a leader. So it's crazy, isn't it? Like, it's yeah, hundred percent. Like if you think of Scipio, as I said, like you know he was clearly a genius. And he was clearly a great warrior, but he was also clearly a very compassionate man, mm. and that's mm. what you want. You want to, he was a, he was obviously an amazing leader. You don't you don't you're not like a, such a successful general if you're not an amazing leader. Yeah. Mm. So he must have been very charismatic, very likable, knew how to rule well. Because that's not all people can rule. Mm. A lot of people, if you do it the wrong way, you end up rubbing up people the wrong way. The people that are serving under you end up not wanting to follow you. Mm. Mm. you there needs to be that sense of camaraderie. You need to inspire your people, you know, and you need to be a decent ruler. I mean, it's and it's easier said than done, isn't it? Yeah. Scipio obviously had all those qualities. All the politicians in Rome started becoming wor- worried about him. They didn't like him, and then they started thinking of like plots to like basically take the power away from him. Mm. So um, there was basically lots of scheming done, um, and they ended up trying to accuse him of crimes. Oh, what? Yeah, they ended up oh, just trying no. to accuse him of crimes. The people of Rome loved him so much that they like basically like rioted ah. and said like. Don't you dare try and get um like you know don't you dare tra- dare try and do Scipio for these yeah. like, crimes and like, they were like essentially like rioting on the doorstep. Look of, like, what he's the done Senate. for Rome. Yeah, like, like, yeah. You know, yeah. So they were like defeated all of Carthage. Yeah, and... they like loved him. You know, mm. what I mean, they loved him. They're like, how dare you? And apparently, they rioted on the anniversary of his of uh, his victory at the Battle of Yama. Mm. It was like coming up. To, it just so happened that around that time, it was coming up to the anniversary of that day. Mm. So and it was almost like a. What a perfect day to do it. Yeah, that, adds, I mean? that adds like more power to the yeah. riot, doesn't it? The anniversary, they were like, you know, this is literally the anniversary of the day that this guy like mm. saved Rome and mm. like, defeated the Carthaginians, like the greatest ever threat to mm. Rome. And like, here you are trying to put them on trial for like something everyone knows is like a, a ruse. Um, but anyway, after like years and years of political struggle, um, I can't, I, I'm pretty sure he decided to in the end. Um, but things just got too hard and too heated for him in, inside Rome. So we ended up moving out to the countryside, like miles outside of Rome. And um, when he was like, when he was in his fifties, dying, um, his like final request. There was, I think there's actually you can actually um, look up online. I can't remember what it is. Maybe mm. you could look it up for me. We'll say, yeah. see like um, General Scipio Africanus's dying words. But I think it was something like a really poetic way of basically saying like, "Don't bury me in Rome," because like. After, I, I, it was basically me. like I gave my life mm. to Rome, mm. and they like tr- they did they treated me so badly in return. Like, I do not want to honor that place and everything it stands for by mm. like giving my body to it. Mm. So he, his final wish was to was to be buried mm. somewhere else. Mm. And I think and to this I think to this day it's like one of those things. It's a bit like Alexander the Great. Like they don't actually know mm. where he's Under buried. A secret olive tree somewhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. probably. Maybe it's not even. Yeah, maybe it's not even like a massive tomb or anything. Did, did mm. you fi- have you found? I his can't diet? find the exact. You can't quote, find his diet. No, with? Oh, that's a shame. But um, yeah. Rest in peace, yeah. General Scipio Africanus, the G- Roman general that finally managed to be- defeat one of the greatest generals of all time, Hannibal Barker. Mm. What a legendary man. What a great Roman general. Legend for Rome, yeah. Yeah, one of the greatest Roman generals of all time. I like it. I've never heard of him, but I'm very interested now. Yeah, Scipio so Africanus. If Carthage beat Rome mm. in that duel, in that yeah, war. In that war, yeah. Uh, the Punic Wars. Do you think they would have had like a huge empire like Rome? Had? Oh yeah, hundred percent. You think they would have oh, just 100%. kind of inherited it? Yeah, they would have just taken over and yeah. just owned all the land. Yeah, owned it all. That's mental. I think it's really cool as well. Like obviously we talked a while back, um I think it was when you were off with um with COVID, Mr. Bojangles. Mm. But we were talking about how um, the Phoenicians, mm. like thousand, like a thousand years before that, were actually the people that founded Carthage. Yeah. So that's cool, yeah. isn't it? So it's like, it all ties in. Yeah. If you go back yeah. far enough, it all sort of ties in. So we did like a whole sort of like episode of Pandora's box that you can go back and watch, find um, on YouTube and Spotify and stuff where we like talked so in depth about the Phoenicians, like who they were, where they came from. 
um, all of that stuff. But yeah, they were actually the people that founded Carthage. So like Hannibal Barker was like the was like the the name the descendant wow, of the that's Phoenicians. So cool. So like the Phoenicians, no crazy. That's cool. That's such a cool. But yeah. Wanted to tell you guys that tale mm. of General Scipio Africanus. Oh, yeah. Go listen to a track now. This is The Sparrow by Mastodon. Oh. Enjoy, everyone. See you after the break. <laughs> Welcome back to Pandora's Box. <laughs> You're listening to Astronaut Radio. You might also be taking our visages through the, the tubes, tubes or up? via the YouTube. platform of Spotify. Mm. Cheers for being with us, everybody. I'm your host, as always, Obadiah Pennyvisil. Mm. To the left of me, we have Mr. Bojangles. Mr. Bojangles. And to the right of me, we have Filch. What's up? I'm Filch. <laughs> so far, so we've been talking about General Scipio Africanus. Uh-huh. Oh, he sounds like a dude. Cool One dude. One of the greatest ever Roman generals. We were just doing the creepy little melodic chanting mm. for the... Hit show. I don't know if it's a hit actually. <laughs> Archive eighty one. Oh, it should be. It should yeah. be a hit Very show. Good it's amazing. Mm. So yeah, That's like good. I literally hadn't even heard anything of it. I just a couple of weeks ago, I like saved it on my list mm. on Spotify. I saw it basically like the keywords were like ominous, dark, suspenseful. I was like, soul. Bit of me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> hadn't really like been watching much recently, so I was like, yeah, I mean, it's nice to have a little program just mm. to like kill an hour mm. or two in the evening, isn't it? Anyway, watch the first one. Hooked. hooked. Mm. So hooked. Straight up hooked. See, obviously, don't want to give too many spoilers away. Um, me, me and um, Filch have watched all of the first season. Mm. Mr. Bojangles is six episodes in. Yeah, two, two episodes to go. remaining. So Do you reckon there'll be a second season? There better damn well be. Oh. I did look it up actually afterwards because obviously they leave it on a bit of a oh. cliffhanger. Mm. Oh. Always, they always do that. Oh man, does oh. your head in? You know, yeah. It's one thing being left an episode on a cliffhanger, but when it's like a whole season, so, yeah, and you're you like, need closure, yeah. man. Mm. You need closure. You know, you're gonna have to wait like at one least of those a year. happy endings. Filch, yeah. I cannot <laughs> believe you've watched it all. Yeah, man. He by watched, the time, by the time I spoke to you, mm-hmm. last he was the last Friday. one to start watching. Yeah, it. and you hadn't even like started watching. I finished it, yet. it first out of everyone. Yeah, he binge watched it all in one night. Uh, so, so, so two nights. So oh, I watched the oh. first like three episodes one night, and then the se- and oh then I just God. literally spent a whole evening just like oh, I'll just do one, then I do another one, then I do, it, and then I just I dude, just you must have felt out. like you were in the tapes by the yeah, end. Yeah, I loved it. I love I love doing that. Though. Yeah, just it is fun to binge. Fully in it. It's an easy program to binge as well because every episode does is left on a cliffhanger well like most mm. of them anyway mm. in some mm. way shape or form mm. they are mm. left on cliffhangers but yeah i mean what can i say it's one of the best one of if not thrillers. the best psych psychological like freaky series mm. i've ever seen mm. Mm. i go that far to say and like what you said about um the writing as well like such amazing writing mm. and very inspired by like hp <laughs> lovecraft and, and stuff like that like the whole mm. demon coming through from another world yep. and oh. sleep yep. and stuff like a sleep there, there was, all of that yeah i'm like a big fan of um the old school horror author like he's a legend nowadays in this mm. field hp lovecraft mm. um also uh, there's a couple of things that remind me of as i was watching it so for all you horror enthusiasts out there it reminded me of very much, it was very Lovecraftian. Mm. Mm. Um, very, very Lovecraftian. Anybody that's a fan of Lovecraft, if you watch it, you'll know exactly what I mean. Yeah. Also reminded me a lot of um, the sort of the absolute cult classic horror movie, um, Rosemary's Baby. Rosemary's mm. Baby. I've still never seen that. I need to Fam- watch it. Yeah, quite, quite, quite famously, um, you know, the actress famously in that. Famously freaky. Mm. Famously freaky. But also <laughs> the main actress in that was, I think, Mia Farrow, who was mm. like one of like the biggest actresses oh. of her day. I want to say, like, was it 60s or 70s Rosemary's Baby came out? Anyway, still to this day, I think, by a lot of people, considered one of the greatest horror movies of all time. And I have to say, when I watched Rosemary's Baby, it definitely got, it definitely freaked me out. Did it? Mm. Yeah. Because, like, a lot of horror movies don't really do that for me now. Like, they've got the scare factor sometimes in that, but those psychological ones. Well, yeah, that's what I I was about to say to you. Like, Mm. like, very much like Archive 81, Rosemary's Baby is very psychological. Ah. So there's bits where you're like, I can't remember who what the the character that she portrays, but Mia Farrow, her character, there's bits where you're like, is she imagining what's going on? Mm. Like, is she going crazy? Or is it actually happening? And you sort of go back and forth like that a couple of times during the movie. Mm. And some weird things like happening, and it's like, you don't know, you're like, are our neighbours sound? Or is there something weird going on? And there's other bits where you're like, is she dreaming? 
or is it like for anybody that's actually watched Rosemary's Baby? Mm. I don't want to say it because the, if these guys need to watch Rosemary's Baby, yeah, I need mm. to watch it. 1968, it came out, and it so was an old school movie. Uh, two hours, sixteen minutes. That's no. a long movie, especially isn't for those. For, yeah, for for, those for an old film, mm. that's like a really long movie. Yeah, I think mm. my old man was eight when that came out. I was like yeah. a little proper little boy. Um, but yeah, it was. It's color. It's a color movie. So mm. it must have been like one guess, of the first yeah. technicolor movies. I would mm. say, especially like in the horror genre. Mm. But mm. also, I suppose, I mean. Traditionally, I'm not sure how seriously horror movies were taken. Actually, that said, one of the very first ever movies in general was Nosferatu. Mm. And obviously, that is a horror movie. Yeah. Mm. Um, that was like a silent film. That was before they could even record audio mm. to go along with the picture. They just had like weird music in the background, mm. like creepy mm. scores and that. Mm. But um, so that's really cool, actually. That's worth a watch, Nosferatu, if you haven't seen that. Just for like the I'm not sheer. Seen that either. Just almost as like. Um, a, like a, a part of cinema history mm. yeah and it yeah. is like weirdly creepy mm. like the actor yeah. that plays Nosferatu they do it's good effects on that for the time <laughs> I don't want to know like, can you look at when um, Nosferatu came out Nosferatu I want to say like Nos- was it was it like Nosferatu. 40s or maybe even 30s but it was it's an old film man. 1922 whoa That's see mad. there you go 1922 mm. Special effects are like real creepy as well. Yeah, like he's a creepy looking yeah, dude. Yeah, he is really creepy, yeah. really creepy. And I think right. it makes it more creepy because of like how uh, basic yeah. all of the filming equipment and everything is. Do you oh, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like I feel nowadays with you know 4K quality cameras and everything, mm. you can look at something and the CGI might be like incredible, but because it's like you can you can really pick it apart. Yeah, there might be stuff like for a good example, I saw some people like saying uh, Luke. Skywalker right. in Book of Boba Fett, mm. like the CGI wasn't amazing, mm. but it was. I thought it was good. It was, it was so really good. good, but it's only because we can like pick it apart because it's, it's in so, such, as you yeah, said, it's like four so K quality. Yeah, <clears throat> imagine if that was like on a, like an old grainy black and white. Yeah, it, like, you, it, that it, person is yeah, real. You, yeah, yeah exactly. it literally would look exactly. Yes, like Luke yeah, Skywalker. Exactly. And what I do think is quite crazy when you say about that, like four K in that as well. They like film cameras and stuff. Like when you actually have like film. That is like having like a some stupid like a two million billion pixel kind mm. of um like camera like digital cameras they can't recreate how like you've got more detail in actual film mm. which is mm. like crazy to think like say mm. like photographs and stuff you know mm. when that yeah. when that goes onto the image of the film it's like got more detail and depth than you can ever create digitally right. that's pretty crazy isn't it when that, you think yeah, of that it like that mental. yeah mm. definitely man but um. Yeah, for anybody out there that has seen Rosemary's Baby, you know what I mean. There's there's an infamous um, like scene where you don't know if it's a dream or not, mm. and it's mm. it's so creepy. <laughs> it's so creepy. Like even today, like you watch it by today's standards, because they can't rely. I think there's an over there's an over reliance nowadays because you can almost like create anything through mm. CGI. Mm. I think there's a lot of a lot of horror movies nowadays are flops because it's like if say you see like a like a, a monster or like a mm. demon or a ghost or whatever, it almost has like a bit of an anticlimax. Mm. Yes, I mean you see it and you're like, oh, I don't know. What? It, now I've actually seen it, and and one thing that I've heard people say, and I and, and I think it myself as well, like some say like demons and and monsters in in some horror movies don't really look much different than say like someone like to say like the aliens in Star Wars. Yeah. And as soon as you think about it like that in your head, yeah. it takes the edge off because you're like, yeah, well, yeah. I'm not really scared when I think of like an alien in mm. Star Wars mm. or when I see one of them on screen. So why think, would I be scared of like... I think that's one reason why like Bird Box did so well like yeah. originally because the whole concept was that yes. your own imagination was what built up what the monsters were going to look mm. like. That's a good point. That's what's so much more point. freaky, isn't it? Like, you, yeah. like just not seeing everything. Your brain that's, will I think, always conjure something mm. far more terrifying. Relying, mm. relying on the viewer's imagination to make mm. it scary themselves is like a really good And that's why I also why I think that like reading horror stories is far more scary than mm. watching horror movies. Mm. I don't know if I've ever read a proper horror book. Yeah, I don't like know if I have. Horror... Man, you need to like just buy like um like the Necronomicon or like you know mm. some sort of like HP Lovecraft or MR James like mm. compilation of short cuz they're all sort of short stories. Yeah. Quite a bit of Stephen yeah. King which is quite horror-y, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, they're like, like bigger novels though, yeah, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Which is like awesome, but the thing I like about Lovecraft and MR James is like you could read a story anywhere between sort of like Two and forty pages. Mm. Yeah, you know some yeah. of them. Some of them are literally to like two, two, three pages long. Yeah, right through to like forty pages. So, you know, you could spend half an hour reading one, or you could spend five minutes reading one, or maybe even less. Yeah, in mm. some time cases, and maybe up to like an hour. You know, but it's like and, and really accessible. You could, yeah, so. you know, you could, you could like at the end of every evening, 
you could say, I'm going to read a H.P. Lovecraft or an M.R. James story mm. every night before I go to bed. Mm. And it's easily doable. It's not too much of a... Uh, it's not too much of um, a task. Yeah, mm. what's the word I'm looking for? You're a not committed. Yeah, you're not like mm-hmm. you're not overly committed. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. almost mm-hmm. like I know I've got like books I've had for years where I'm like, I I really want to read it, yeah. but I haven't got around to read them yet because I know if it's like a if it's like a 300 plus page book, mm. that's a that's a commitment. Mm. Yeah, mm. that is a commitment, isn't it? And 100%. it's like if you want to read that like like say like a chapter every day mm. or every other day and you want to keep that momentum up because you don't want to read it like yeah it would take like a month off yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 do you know what i mean well that's like that's that's you your time the there's one about a cathedral that people are uh, quite a few different people have told me about it mm. and it's and it's quite historically accurate apparently but it's um, it's about this I, I can't remember the name but it's about the building of this cathedral a horror you look story. At, it's not a horror story it's just like a bit just saying about you know investing time in books oh, and stuff right. like mm. it's a massive thick book but oh, um, I think Josh has read it. He yes. Oh, I know it. the book. Yeah, yeah. my mum loves it. Yeah. And, What's um, it called? I don't uh, know. <laughs> but yeah, Josh has told me about it. My friend um, Toby's told me about it right. and another guy as well. But apparently it's, it's amazing because it's all historical figures and there's like, you know, it's historically accurate, but there's yeah. a story about this building of this huge cathedral. Isn't it about, it it's the one in um, the place in London. Oh, what? Um, we went up to visit it after the, my mum finished oh. the book. She wanted to go so bad just because mm. she loved the book so much. You know, like the main cathedral. Trafalgar. Yeah. The main cathedral. Oh, what's it called? In, it's, oh, it's man, not, I'm so it's embarrassed. It's not like central London. I'm so embarrassed I can't think of it. It's like this, like, it's the, like a little like, big, town outside like, of it. Is it called the London Cathedral? No. Oh, no. So it's not the, it's not the big cathedral in the centre of London. It's then. a big one. Like, if I... I I'm going to figure out the name. Hmm. But it's like when when I figure it out, it, it is you'll know exactly what. Why I'm can't I about. think of the cathedral? I know because it's, it's quite quite. If head. it's the one I'm thinking of, it's the one that famously Saint during Paul's Saint Paul's Cathedral. Yeah. It's the one that quite famously during the oh, war Westminster Westminster Abbey. That's Westminster probably the one. I'm, that's what that's the one I'm thinking of actually. Mm. That's Saint the Paul's one where like Westminster. They're the biggest ones I think. Yeah, I remember like quite famously Westminster Abbey like during the war, like it was one of the most like savage raids by the mm. Nazis on London, and they almost like, took it as like a sign of God that like God was on Britain's side because. Um, that day after the raid when like the dust and the smoke had cleared like everything around it had been like destroyed and then Westminster Abbey was like there wasn't like a scratch on it and it was like oh purely by chance yeah, the bombs yeah. just like missed it like, that's crazy yeah, and it was it? like they saw that as like a sign of God and that yeah. was like really it's good probably for... the biggest target they had as well yeah. <laughs> you know? and it was yeah because it's like a massive cathedral mm. it's yeah. like one of the biggest cathedrals in, in Britain mm. so it's like they saw that as like a proper sign from God so what are the chances of that you know? mm. It's so crazy. Cool. So cool. I always want to go to that one. In, is it in York? There's like a York mass- Minster Cathedral. Yeah, York it's the bigger. That is the largest one in Britain. Yeah, I want it's to the go second to largest one in the whole of Europe. Mm. There's one bigger in Germany. I can't remember the name of it. Um, but York Gothenburg. <laughs> Gothenburger. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, York Minster Cathedral is a sight to behold. Mm. <clears throat> I remember when I first went there. Um, it was epic, actually. Also, because being up north in Britain. There are some awesome culinary delights. So in York, you can get like the same way that like um, you can get like a, like a kebab wrap, mm. you know. And it's oh, just... the Yorkshire pudding wrap. Oh, and baby. They, they've got like fast food shops. And you can go in there in like, the middle of the day and they have like giant Yorkie puds. Mm-hmm. They'll have like lamb, pork, beef, chicken, whatever you want. You'll pick that. Whatever veg you want with it, potatoes, <laughs> whatever sauce, whether it's lamb, you know, with lamb, obviously mint sauce, or whatever, <sighs> whether you want like horseradish or <laughs> or whatever, just gravy, pick your veg, etc. They'll wrap it up for you and then they just put it in like a grill just for a minute, just to seal it, just to mm. seal the Yorkie pud so it's not like a lovely mess. Yorkie pud and then I went and saw a Yorkminster Cathedral and I was like, whoa. Yorkie and Yorkminster. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Double Yorkie, triple mm. Yorkie. Get in mm. York. Yorkminster Cathedral, Yorkie pud, mm. York oh, in yeah. Yorkshire. But um, quadruple, quadruple Yorkie. But um, yeah, I was. It was. I reckon it's the only time I've properly been in awe of a building. Because mm. mm. obviously, I've been to London like several times, um, and other like big cities in the world. I've been to like Florida, London, quite a bit, few cities in my life. You know, I've been to like some big cities in like Italy and and stuff like that. But yeah, it was the it was the only time in my life where I've been like in awe of a building. Yeah, I remember I, I saw I it and I was almost it. just like. Oh yeah! I was like, oh my god! Because I thought Wales Cathedral was big. (laughs) You look at yeah, yeah. You you look at it and you're like, giants must have built this. Yeah, they're all all cathedrals and everything. Whenever you go to them, they Mm. just feel so epic. It's like the one I went to in Barcelona. Yeah, just unbelievable. I figured out what one the book's about. Right, Uh, Canterbury. 
Oh, Canterbury. Canterbury yeah, Cathedral. Yeah. So Canterbury is obviously not in London. It's, yeah. it's near. Yeah, 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 it's near. Yeah. It's like sat more ni- it's nearer the coast. But yeah, yeah. Because so I remember we tales. went down to the coast on another Nearer Calais. Canterbury's yeah. beautiful. I remember mm. we went there with a band. Like we played a show in Canterbury mm. randomly, and it was just like it was like walking in a Harry Potter like set mm. or something. Like through the... who was that artist we saw the other week supporting Fairport? Was it Thomas something? Uh, Luke Hosking. Luke. No, not, not Hosking. Uh, Luke. <laughs> Um, Luke Jackson. Luke Jackson. That's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, he was from Canterbury. You were saying, wasn't he? Because mm. it's famous. <laughs> Josh is going to laugh so much when he is <laughs> for Luke Hosking because that's like the gig, a gig promoter that yeah, put yeah. us on there. <laughs> oh. But um, obviously, it's famous for the Canterbury Tales. Yeah. That's what Canterbury is mm. like really famous for, isn't it? All the Canterbury Tales. Yeah, we were going like to actually going to go to a um, a museum about the Canterbury Tales nice. like while we were there, but we nice. never went in the end. But oh, like, that's a shame. yeah, I don't know much about the Canterbury Tales, but was it just like a a bit like the Mabinogi or something like like is it is it like this? Um, obviously nowhere near like obviously no, Mabinogi is like ancient sort yeah. of. Um, but is it like, like a word of mouth thing like that? Or? Um, like stories. No, the Canterbury Tales was written. Oh, okay. So they're was written it, tales. Who was it that written? I, 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 if I'm wrong in this, I'm going to feel like really stupid. Mm. Was it? It wasn't Chaucer, was it? Tales. Was it Sir Geoffrey yeah. Chaucer? Chaucer? Yeah, Sir Geoffrey oh, Chaucer. Look at that. I've no, even, yeah, yeah, even yeah. heard of Mr. Chaucer. Sir Geoffrey Chaucer, yeah, at the Canterbury Tales. Widely yeah. regarded as his magnum opus. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know you like so that. He wrote it, so he What year was it that he wrote that? It was a lot, obviously, it was, it was more like. It's more like a few hundred years ago, rather than uh, fourteen hundred between yeah, thirteen eighty-seven and Ooh, so about six. So about six hundred so. years ago, so medieval times, mm. sort of um, just before the Renaissance, but um, like late medieval period. But um, yeah, obviously the Mabinogi was written like thousands yeah, of years ago, and as yeah. you said, originally would have been like word of mouth, would have gone down through word of mouth mm. and through like bards and storytellers, rather than actually being written down, which mm. is pretty cool, isn't it? But yeah, what, I've, I haven't read all the Canterbury Tales, but it's it's one of those things that as now we're talking about it, I'm like, it makes me want to read it like right now. Yeah, yeah. I want to read the Canterbury you know? Tales. I know both my mum and my brother both said that it, even though it's like such a huge book, yeah. it's like you just get hooked. Was that Jake into or? it? Josh. Je- oh, Josh read the Canterbury Tales. I think so. That's awesome, man. So. That's awesome, man. Mm. Yeah. But um, getting back to our original point anyway, I definitely recommend to like both of you guys, like buy just like, um, or I'll, I'll find one and then like forward it on to you to like recommend one. But if you buy like the Necronomicon for Lovecraft mm. and then like I'll find a really good anthology anthology of um, like M.R. James books, like short stories as well. Mm. And they're so good. Honestly, it's so as, as you said that about that. Can like, you actually get that feel, like that feeling of when, like you're, because that's what got me with Archive more, more I so, got freaked out more so than watching it. You got mm. bear in mind, right? If you read one of them late at night, everyone yeah. else has gone to bed. It's silent in the house. Yeah. Say you're like sat in a chair on your own <laughs> with just like a just like a light a, a lamp next to you, like I, candle. Yeah, mm. I sit in my armchair with like a lamp next to me. So that's but that's the only other light on. So it's it's bright, just about bright enough that I can read without straining my eyes. And then. Once you get halfway through it, man, you start seeing stuff in the corner of your eyes when mm, you're reading. Yeah. Like the amount of times I'm like reading anyway. one and I'm like, yeah. have you have you, you like ever nothing done it there. like and I'm like, oh man, it's getting to me now. It's have, you d- have you ever done it in your house where it's like pitch, pitch black, but you you turn the lights off, but you almost you almost think you can see in the dark because yes. you like you know where things are. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah, of course. But it is literally memory, like I see, I almost like see things. I, I almost oh, like I, I, I almost see things. Wait, it's so pitch black, but I, I think I'm mm. I can see the wall, and then I just fucking hit the wall or something. That's what mushrooms will do to you, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, no, I know what you mean. I did. Mine just look like figures. I can't imagine to see like. I know gorilla-like figures just standing in like a dark. <laughs> That's room. me, mate. I've crept yeah, back into yeah. your house. After <laughs> the message you sent me earlier, it could be. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're listening to another track now. This is "Unforgiven" by Metallica. Stick around, folks. We've got loads more to talk about. You are listening to Pandora's Box on Aspermate Radio. Thanks for chilling with us this evening. We are giving you a plethora of interesting facts, topics, as usual. Mm. Um, just a quick one. Um, we are under the umbrella of Aspen Weight um, and yesterday mm. our patron mm. Sir Paul Waite um, did an interview with one of the most nefarious <laughs> <laughs> nefarious <laughs> um, and well known jockeys of sort of like the last 20-30 years um, Mr Graham Bradley um, so yeah, Paul did a um, a nice big long interview with Graham Bradley that has gone out on YouTube um, and on Aspen Weight Radio um, yesterday. It got yep. put out. So um, if you like your horse racing, if you know who Graham Bradley is, and you're like, do you know what? I've never seen an interview with Graham Bradley. 
But I'd love to sit it's down. It's a long form one, nice hour yeah, long. A nice long. All his wins, all that stuff. All mm. of his wins, every other mm. bit of information you could possibly know about Graham Bradley. Um, then go and watch it. Um, our patron, Mr. Grumpus Grolf himself, is also a massive um, horse racing fan, so he knows all the right questions to ask. Mm. Um, and apparently, it went. Apparently, it was a really good interview. I haven't seen it myself yet, but um, yeah, yeah. Mm. Paul Waite meets really Graham Bradley onto YouTube. You'll see that, or just Graham Bradley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll see that on there. So you know, if you like your horse racing, you like Graham Bradley, go check it out. Anyway, on with the show. Now we were just talking about um, Canterbury Tales. Lovecraft, good writing in general. But, um, yeah, we were talking about how, like, atmospheric it is. We're, like, late at night, say, reading horror stories. Mm. And I just sort of want to carry on talking about that a bit because it is just, like, so much fun. Mm. Um, I remember the first time I read, uh, there's this really famous Lovecraft story called Shadow Over Innsmouth. Okay, yes, yeah. Have you have you read that one? I know about Innsmouth. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that is... I remember I was like reading that and that's so good. It builds so nicely. Yeah. It sort of like builds up quite it's like it's almost like a slow burner, but even when it's building up at the beginning, it's still somehow really creepy. Mm. Like everything's very mysterious. The way he's describing the people in the in like the seaside town and like all the buildings and just everything mm. just seems like a little bit off and a bit odd and a bit creepy. And then by the time it finally gets into it. Um, you're like on the edge of your seat reading it. Yeah. And then right at the end as well, there's like a massive twist. Right. So that's like a great, you know, I think it's always great to end like, on like a big twist like that. I think it? I was playing like a video game that my brother had. Right. That I stole from him. Um, but I think he, took he it might back. have told me about that. But um, he he was playing it and it was like real good. Quite a hard game to get into though. Yeah. So I never got to see the end of the story. Yeah. That's one book that I definitely love to check out. The, ones, the main ones for anybody listening out there that like has never been into Lovecraft, the short stories I would recommend uh, Shadow Over Innsmouth, The Curious Case of Dexter Ward is, is fantastic. Ooh. I remember you said about that one before to me, actually. <sighs> yeah. Whisper mm. in the Darkness. That's really good. Whisper in the Darkness, Curious Case of Dexter Ward, Shadow Over Innsmouth. This is just off the top of my head. I could definitely think of a couple more. Would you not put Call of Cthulhu up there? That's a great story, but I don't actually think it's like one of the best personally. I think right. I think Cthulhu himself... Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like in terms of like mm. as a character, he is like a cool character. Mm. He's mm. obviously like one of like the most famous Lovecraftian yeah. like yeah, creature, isn't he? Um but it's really cool because all of Lovecraft's stories are all like in the same universe. Mm. So I, I love it when it's like that. Because in that re- regard, it's almost like Marvel. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not yeah, like they're yeah, standalone. Yeah. It's like all in the same. So it's like they're all interconnected. So every single story, it's in the same world. Mm. And there's this whole mythos behind it. And it's very much like Lord of the Rings in terms of like, you know, you can look up um, online, like all of the different sort of like dark entities and creatures and everything and how mm. they're all like related, like literally related in, in some mm. cases, you know. So it's it's, it's proper cool. Lots of like crazy creatures and and, and like weird theories. The law goes so deep. Oh, balls so deep. what about that yeah. one that Scientology is based on? Uh, that's oh. more fiction, isn't it? That, but science. Oh fiction. no, yeah, that what? is. Isn't that yeah. quite like? Uh, What's the guy? Um, um, is it Hubbard? Oh yeah. Is it Eli yeah, Hubbard? Yeah, or Robert like, uh, Admiral Hubbard or something. When he <laughs> called himself Admiral Hubbard in the end, he actually yeah, but or I don't, Colonel yeah, he, Hubbard he, or something. No, I think it was probably like Captain or Captain. Yeah, because he Captain. had like a ship. He had a boat. Oh. Didn't ah, that was it. Yeah, but it was like it's something Howard, isn't it? Hubbard. Is it? Is it? Is it like Eli? And you said Scientology. It's yeah. based off this. Yeah. Based on, it's based on a, a book that he wrote, which was like a st- basically like a science fiction book. L. Really L. Ron Hubbard. L. Ron Hubbard. That's it. Mm. L. Ron. Not L. to be Ron. not to be confused with L. L. Ron. Not to be confused with so, L. Ron from. So Lafayette Ronald Hubbard. That so his first name is Lafayette. Which Lafayette. Is weird, which is a bit weird, isn't it? Does Lafayette. that mean a beach? I don't know, mate. Does it? Have you, so. have you been like Something abroad like somewhere and you've I've been seen to that Lafayette. word? Lafayette. He, so he was an American be... author of science fiction and he, he was born in 1911, died in mm. um, 1986. Mm. So it's crazy that Scientology as a religion is actually just based on his writings. Yeah, I, I know. I know. That's mental. Yeah. I know like the basics of what they sort of believe. So I think it's something. It's something along the lines of, off the top of my head, that like a- aliens. Along, seeded the seeded yes. the earth. I mean, I kind of believe that. Like yeah, with but, but with like, but like <laughs> almost like as like seeded the souls or something like mm, that. Mm. Um, 
but it's very very strange they and own like huge buildings and stuff don't it's they? a massive massive yeah. like entity but like, it's, it's entity. very controversial and like mm. almost like, quite dark isn't it there's tom lots cruise of... is a scientologist <laughs> and john travolta isn't he, is like, he? Yeah, isn't, yeah, yeah. isn't tom cruise like really high up in it yeah though? yeah he's not like he, even got... just like a member he's yeah, like you need... high up it's and those, respect those people that are like really high in society and they've got all this money it's almost mm. like 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 giving it some weight you know like i've watched a couple of like documentaries yeah i've watched a couple of documentaries though about scientology which is like about people that have like escaped of it in the mm. end but they've talked about how like dodgy and dark it is mm. and how they've been like on compounds and there's like armed guards at the gates and you're not allowed to leave did you hear the thing about like um about uh tom cruise's wife like not being able to to, oh, to like scream when she was given birth who's that was it katie holmes yeah and just had to be like dead silent and it was something to do with the religion and i was like oh, that's so weird like, so what? strange man. yeah 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 so, so strange. strange weird stuff man mm. yeah because there's a couple of like um, celebrities in there but what there was one that was on the joe rogan podcast a few years ago his name was her name's like it's, it's like like leah oh what's her name it's like leah i want to say like something like leah ramini ramini mm. or something like can right. you can you look her up man just if you just type in something like joe rogan leah leah ramini American Is it leah ramini yeah. yeah she was basically saying about how she used to be in scientology and apparently it seems all like good when you get when you first start into it, it seems very positive mm. and very good and then, like the more you get into it it's like slowly becomes more weird mm. and more like more effed up and before you know it before you know it it's like it's one of those things where you're like what the hell have I I'm got deep. into yeah, deep. I'm like, yeah. so deep and it's almost like by, by the time you're at that point it's almost like you're you're not allowed to leave. I don't know oh, how you, you realize take that something like, like that so seriously oh, when it's like based on that pre- from a science fiction book, I know. and mm. they 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 actually take it so so seriously. You know? What's it's even like, crazy. like more crazy as well? Apparently, all of his sort of like fellow writers of the day and like publishers and stuff like that like thought he was awful mm. in terms of his writing. Like apparently, the quality of his writing wasn't even it, that good. Mm, mm. Like if you want to think of something, you know some really good like you know science fiction and fantasy stuff that's like really well thought of like authors and stuff like you know he wasn't like considered you know like like a really like good epic mm. writer or anything mm. like that he was almost like considered a bit of like a crazy laughing stock mm. um but yet somehow it's turned into this like massive thing isn't it yeah. in america anyway i don't think it's any other countries is it Strange it's just the u.s behind it and it's like yeah as i said apparently people are talking about how like, you end up living on these weird compounds where it's like you work but you don't work for money you sort of like work for your room and for food, but there's like armed guards at the gates, and it's like mm. you're not really allowed to leave. Yeah, and I it's... know. I know. There's like huge buildings in mm. LA that are like Scientology buildings, and they, and but they get no, in... no, you never see anyone leave or enter. Isn't and it crazy as well? Tax free. Yeah, so. I was just gonna say that it's um mm. it's been given tax exempt status in but just oh purely God. because it's a religion. It, yeah, but oh it's like it's God. massive. Like apparently, originally it wasn't complex. even considered a religion, but they did that purposely not to pay tax or something. So they, they basically turned it into a religion so they could so they could buy all these buildings and have them tax free. Oh, which in itself it? is so corrupt. We should turn Bandora's box into a religion. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what do you reckon? No tax. What do you reckon everyone? <laughs> the religion of Pandora. Mm. Mm. We'll turn up in robes. Who's the figurehead? Bullwinkle. Bullwinkle, look, he is. He is our Kalego. He is our Kalego. We pour blood on his head and do a sacrifice. Cited as both demon and And god. God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. He is. I mean, look at those little cheeks, but then look at those horns. (laughs) Yeah, and look at those piercing eyes. At first, you look at him, you think, oh, he's cute. But the more you Mm. stare into those eyes, what are his intentions? The more you know he means Mm. business. Mm. He is in a. He's in like a parallel dimension, trying to break his way into our Mm. into our um, realm. Just look at his eyes, everyone. Look at him. <laughs> He's so soft, though. Yeah. Ooh, a little softy. softy. I love the way on Archive 81 as well, how they start off like every episode with like a different yeah, sort of like TV old clip. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. Get you that. into it. And they well. do it like just, just before the... the 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 first um you know the intro mm. so it's like mm. seamless isn't it yeah. you have that nice little clip the intro and then in, back into the story do you watch my favorite one was um yeah because it only goes on for like 15 20 seconds mm. it's it? very american horror story the intro mm, very american horror story I know what you mean. Uh, I like my, my favorite my favorite little tv bit at the start you know the one where it was the guy in black and white and he was like that was my favorite seen, have you ever thought you saw yourself across, across the room. a crowded room mm. and then it was like a lot of people yeah. Like turn away and never think yeah, of it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's like that minority 
that will like search it out and everything like that and that, that how that leads down this like like and it was like in this crazy well yeah you're like entering pandora's yeah, yeah, box yeah, yeah. so to speak you know yeah good stuff man good stuff i've also heard of it have you ever heard about that um thing that some people claim before um and have you ever done this as well i'd be really interested also anybody out there that's listening to this whether you're on youtube um spotify tiktok listeners on sort of radio whatever let us know if you've ever done this and if you haven't done this do this um you it does get a little bit creepy after a while oh. wait until you're on your own and, and it's quiet and just stare at yourself in the mirror for as long as you can but mm. then in your head start imagining that your reflection isn't you it's a different person and start oh. anticipating that your reflection mm. might do something that you're not doing oh. and that's creepy oh. I've I done like I've done that a couple of times. I've like I've done that, that one in the mirror almost like as you're well. daring. Yeah, almost like you're daring yeah, yeah, yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then imagine if suddenly it just went hello. Yeah, it's like waved at you. And then you'd be like, oh! yeah. the anticipation is so like scary, isn't it? Mm. Especially like the more you stare at yourself, also the more almost like weird it gets. That like, you're gonna mm. naturally pull a bit of like a weird face, and then like, oh. where well, you start to see yourself almost like deform a little bit, don't you? Oh, you I, I've done I've so done it I've done it where I've done mirror gazing, and you almost like look through yourself. So explain what mirror gazing. So mirror gazing is um is is a just a thing where you kind of it's almost like a meditation, but you look at yourself in the mirror and you let your eyes relax, and you let you let your your eyes kind of look through the reflection that's there right. and you know like when you kind of you can you can stare forward but you can almost like kind of concentrate on the periphery vision and stuff mm. as well so you do that and go into a really relaxed state and if you look at yourself enough in the mirror like that your face will start changing mm. your face will start mm. forming into different kind well, of well yeah yeah and, that's, and, and that's people say that similar. it's like you know you can almost see your past lives and mm. stuff of like um of of different kind of like souls that you mm. have been very or, assassin's creed yeah very and, assassin's and, and, creed and, 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 <laughs> and man and i've I've done that before and seen my my like I had short hair and my hair was like real long and like like weird stuff like that and and like turned into like this like cow figure like, and stuff and it was like it was so weird. Bovine Drew. Oh, they come bovine Drew. Once also I was on acid and I did that and it literally oh. and I I I had my dressing gown on. And like I turned into an alien, and I was a ship and an alien with a ship with a suit. Like like, and that was my dressing gown. My dressing gown morphed into. Oh man, Wait, that's oh, so crazy. That, that like took it to the next level. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna yeah. do mirror gazing, like while I'm under like in this sculpted state, and it was like next level. Just that like, sounds crazy. crazy man. Insane. <laughs> that does sound crazy, dude. Whoa. Yeah. I tell you another. I tell you another fun thing that's good to do with your loved ones, like your best friends. You know, your your missus, your 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 partner, your parents, whatever. And I remember, I don't know why they used to do it. I don't know if they like created it or as a game or if they like mm. heard it from somebody else. But my parents used to do it with me when I was little. And it's the idea that um, you like sit like close mm -hmm. opposite somebody and you stare, pr properly just stare into their eyes, focus on their eyes and just do it as long as you can. But imagine that you're trying to see an animal, but not a, not a specific animal. Just have it in your head that you're trying to see an animal in their face and then do it until you start to see their face morph into an animal. And mm. then it's like the idea being that like that is that person's animal. Oh. So I used to do it with my with my mum and dad used to do it. And it was always like my mum was like um like a vixen, mm. like a like a female mm. fox. And my dad was like a bear. And mm. they always used to say that I was a wolf. Mm. And it's like just very interesting. Like even even like if it, you know, Probably just hokey, but it's still mm. fun. It's fun. Because yeah. that happens, like you can do that same thing with the mirror mm. gazing with mm. like people's faces, and that they their faces transform. Yeah. And it gets a bit mm. weird as well. It's almost like regardless of of um like what's happening in that moment, it's fun doing. Yeah, yeah. Whether it's whether power it's power of your mind, whether it's like there's that small chance that there is something going on on a deeper level, mm. or if it is just for the fun of it, it's still it's still it's still worth doing. Yeah. Mm. I remember I find it fun to do. Like I'd, I'd quite like to do it with both of you. Mm. Yeah. The only thing is, obviously, when you're with your mates, it's hard almost not to, not to laugh. Yeah, mm. it's but a if very you just try and shut that staring your, into someone's yeah. eyes for like a prolonged period of time like that is a very intimate and like connecting oh, thing as well. Yeah. Like you know, I think as guys, when you're doing it with your other guy mates, yeah, you you get a little bit. weird. It only takes your mate <laughs> to do like one. No, I don't find it weird. I don't find it weird at all. Like, I wouldn't find it weird doing it with you guys. With, with I wouldn't find it weird doing it with you guys. <laughs> I, but like um. Yeah, I love you guys, but um, <laughs> it's it's more like if you guys just pulled even the slightest funniest face, I just know yeah, I go start <laughs> laughing. Yeah. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah, yeah, I just yeah. start cracking up. So it's almost like you both have to be like serious, which is mm. hard. 
Because mm. let's face it, you're not have usually you, serious. Have you ever yeah. had it as well, like where you've got in a real, real deep conversation with someone and mm. like you're you're just in a real deep chat. Flow and, state. And yeah, flow state. And you almost, and you're talking to them and you're staring at them in the eyes and that. And, um, and, and, and it's almost like you see their face change. Like, but not in a way like this, like morph, but like you almost see like a deeper level to like their face. Like, I, like, I understand happens, what you mean. Like, on like a subconscious weird, level. And it's almost like I, I've done it a few times. Like me and Meg have been like real deep in conversation and it's like, oh my God, I'm like seeing like a different level to to who you are like mm, in this moment. Mm. But it only happens when it's like really deep and like opening conversations, you mm, know? Mm. And it's like, and I, I always think that and I'm like, oh, this I is think, so weird. I'm almost seeing like your soul here. Like, do you know, you know what I think is like, really interesting? <laughs> about stuff like that as well i think it's impossible for that to happen in the daytime mm. do, you, do you know what i mean um i've had I've, it i've had it happen in the daytime for me but really more like yeah, really? yeah 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 like not not like their face changing and stuff like that like yeah. morphing into something different but just this it's almost like you tap into this different like energy state right. like when you but you both get in and yeah. that like you when you do it you almost feel it and it's like whoa i'm seeing a deeper level to you yeah now. the way it's i almost strange, interpret like, the way you're saying this that mm. their face like goes clearer yeah i've had like deep yeah. conversations it doesn't but change it's like but you're seeing dark, a deeper yeah. part to almost their face like you know you know when you this is going to sound weird compared to what we're talking about but you know when you take that first sip of like an energy drink mm. and you feel your eyes be like like Mm, yeah and they yeah. open up a bit it's Whoa. a bit like that yeah like you're looking at I even remember it a bit like my mum like we were at, got in this deep conversation yeah. like and that was just in the day but on the mm. sofa and it's like it's like whoa i'm like seeing this deeper level to, i don't know it's a bit it's a bit of a weird That's one cool. but it definitely happens to me sometimes mm. i, w- I mm. do find it really interesting though like i don't know if you guys agree maybe it's just me but i feel like at the night time it's, it's so fascinating the difference between night and day mm. other than just the obviousness of like at night time it's dark and in the daytime it's light but like so, dynamics change mm. at night time like the, everything everything seems different and mm. I find I find for me excuse me I find for me um, at night time you so more naturally get into like deep conversations mm. you know mm. I feel like and I think that was probably some of that is just common sense in terms of like in the daytime I think everybody's busy doing things yeah. when you're doing things yeah. you're not you're, you're not really Got thinking other stuff about on your things. mind yeah. Yeah. when you're at night time say you've done your things for the day your brain sort of like relaxes. Your brain mm. relaxes, it chills out a little bit. And as a result, then you're like left to sort of like ponder the universe and to like then just have general discussions with the people around you. I wonder as well, like with the, <coughs> you know, like they say, like the sun and the moon, mm. like, you know, like the moon like affects like um, the, uh, the, the tides waves. and things yeah. like yeah. that. It can be, yeah. you know, you can say about like people's yep. emotions and things like that. Mm. I wonder and turn if that people into werewolves. Yeah, I wonder <laughs> if that hasn't anything to do with like the vibe of like, you know, like day and night, like mm. the the, pat, the like the, the actual like light that's coming from the sun, the like that kind of energy that's coming in but then also like the energy coming in from the moon when it's dark like how much that has an an effect it would make sense because if you think of like the way Mm. people interrogate people you always picture them with like a bright light you know it's quite Mm. intense Mm. but if you're just having like let's say you're you're on vacation in a nice room in a spa Mm. you know you've got like a nice or in a nice light or if you go for like a a nice little like um alcoholic coffee like after yeah. dinner oh, and it's like it's just dim lamps you like it? go sit on like a nice sofa mm. Moroccan bar yeah mm. yeah yeah like it reminds me of like when I went to Crete I'd always like go and have like um, an Italian coffee mm. after you know after um, after dinner oh, so um, mm. yeah just I'm a really nice be... Italian I know some people might want like an Irish coffee or like a French coffee I think French is like brandy isn't it Irish is whiskey I like tea mm. Maria yeah, Tia Maria. Co- which, which one's that again? Tia Maria coffee. Mm, I can't remember. That, that's obviously one of the Baileys mm, ones. One. Yeah, um, and then what's um, oh, what's that liqueur that's like an Italian coffee? If for some reason I can't think of it off the top of my head. Is it an orangey one? No, no, no. no. I'm having a brain fart. Um, it's it's absolutely delicious, but it's something that you'd only really want in something like a coffee. Mm. I can't. I don't know why I can't think of it off the top of my head now. Mm. Um, it's really annoying me. Hopefully, I'll remember in a little bit. But um, oh, I was going to say Kahlua, but it's not Kahlua. Um, that's a good one. Mm. That is a good one. Anyway, I digress. Yeah, it's like it's a nice relaxing light, isn't it? But a couple of things I thought immediately when you said about you know how the moon affects like the tides and everything, and then compared to the sun, a couple of like sort of interesting observations. Like, well, one, I think it's really interesting that um, the term lunatic. Yeah. You know, you say you say, oh, so yeah. if, if somebody was yeah. a madman, you would say like, oh, he's a lunatic. Yeah. That mm. actually originally comes from, it's tied into almost like the whole werewolf myth- werewolf mythos. So the idea that like sometimes if, if, if a moon is powerful enough, if there's a big full moon in the sky, mm. it can literally make you so animalistic that you go <laughs> crazy. 
yeah yeah you actually crazy. go you absolutely go crazy um also um what was my what was the other thing i was gonna say what was the other thing i was gonna say oh yeah the caveat to that though right which i think is like almost like a natural thing to question mm. is the moonlight itself isn't moonlight and it's yeah, a reflection true. of it's the sun. It's a reflection of the sun. So in that regard, you would have to question like if the moon is essentially like essentially like a mirror, mm. then how is that light different? It's, it's moon flavoured light. Yeah, 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 do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like it's got it's almost yeah, as you said, it's almost maybe it's got like a flavour. Sunlight is direct, mm. isn't it? But yeah, like, so that's like, not direct, but, it's like indirect. But like moonlight mm. is sunlight in a way. Can't yeah, it is. It's 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 a reflection of sunlight. Uh, yeah. But what like does the moon have any um like Pro- just like the properties fa- or something? Yeah, that that that's like it's hitting the moon and then it's coming back down. Just that that's, it's that's, a reflection that's the anyway. thing to Well maybe it's it. like weaker, like weaker sunlight because it's Yeah, well of um, course it is. Yeah, of course yeah, it's like not you, you can you can stare at the moon in the night mm. and you don't if you stare at the sun in the day, you you that would really damage your eyes. Mm. You know, really damage your eyes. That's also it? something I've done quite a bit, like sun gazing, where you look at when the sun's up, but you actually look at um, the sun, even though they, you say you don't stare into yeah, direct you're not sunlight. Supposed to, yeah. So I've done that for like for like ten minutes at a time before. Are you kidding and, me? And, and, I, and I swear <laughs> that's down, so bad for and, your eyes, man. Well, it's, you say that, but then a lot of people say it isn't. So you can get like of, cataracts and that from doing that. Yeah, there, well, there's a lot of people who say that it's it's all right, and like I I've done it, and it definitely <laughs> hasn't damaged my eyes. So like for about for about half an hour afterwards, I just see this massive blue yeah. dot in it, <laughs> in it in my vision, and I can't see very well. But then it goes away. But um, disclaimer: Yeah, Pandora's box does not advise anybody to stay. <laughs> no, time. unless you're unless you're as silly as me. But um, that's quite interesting because your eyes adjust to it, and you know, like a ball of sun in the day, you like you can't see it as an actual ball. Yeah, yeah. Like when you start staring at it like that. You you see it as the ball it is. So you it, do it, that without sunglasses. Without right? sunglasses, just straight up into the sun, and um and I've done and I've done it. And after guy, a wh- and after he's a, crazy. and after a while, like rather than it being like just this ball of like you can't mm. see any different definition, it comes in, comes in, comes in, and then you just see it as the ball. Don't do and that it's too just often, like, man. Whoa. Don't do that too often. Well, you know. You might get cataracts. <laughs> you might get like weird, like some sort of like weird blindness. I did a lot of research into it, and uh, I've definitely I looked at safe. the sun before. Mm. I or stared at the sun, but not for ten minutes at a time. Mm, mm. I know it, that like um, it's called sun gazing. It's like people mm. do it as like a meditation. What are they called? What is it? Like is op- it? Optometri- what are they called? Like op- op- optometrists. Optoid. What are they, what, what are they called? <laughs> you know, people that you go to like see you have your eyes tested. What are they um, called? Op- Dentists. <laughs> no, op- optician. Opticians. opticians yeah, yeah opticians i know that like opticians like recommends that like even if it's just like a sunny day that you wear glasses to protect yeah, your eyes from cataracts yeah. <laughs> since i've got blue eyes my eyes are meant to be like more sensitive to sunlight yeah, so yeah i'm, yeah. I'm meant to like always have them on but yeah, I yeah. one of those um, i've got bright color well not as bright as yours but i've got like mm. sort of got like, greeny blue eyes so yeah mm. drew would probably be because he's got brown mm. eyes mm. but like, i don't think that me and you should definitely not be staring at the sun yeah 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 sure. don't try us at home kids yeah 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 <laughs> A bit of dodge. Anyway, we're going to listen to a track now. This is Shock and Terror. That's what you'll get if you um, stare at the sun too long and then you're, you're like freaking out because you're blind. But yeah, <laughs> this is Shock and Terror by CKY. Stick, away, stick around, folks. You are listening to Pandora's Box on Aspen Weight Radio. Thanks for chilling with us this evening, guys. We appreciate every single one of you. I'm your host, as always. Pity whistle. To the left of me is Mr. Bojangles. Mr. Bojangles. To the right of me is Filch. They call him Big. They call him Big Filch. Big Filch. You're gonna have a Big Filch, baby. You'll have to figure out why they call him Big Filch, baby. (laughs) It's that time of the week again, where I give you some of my favourite quotes that I dug out of the archives. Some of them are new folks, new quotes that I found. Mm. Some of them are old, old classics I've liked through the eons. Um, This one is by the legendary Stoic philosopher Seneca the Younger. Ooh. I will do nothing because of public opinion, but everything because of conscience. That's a great one. Let mm, your conscience be your guide. That is a great mm. one, isn't it? That is an absolutely great one. This is um, from Euripides, um, the Greek. I would rather die on my feet than live on my knees. Ooh. Freedom! Ooh. Freedom! Ooh. This is more like an interesting fact rather than actually a quote itself, but it's quote and it's like about as long as a quote Mm. did you know that according to quantum physics a particle vibrating due to your the sound of your mouth due to the sound of you speaking can infect a molecule inside a star at the edge of the universe this phenomenon is known as quantum entanglement 
The greatest illusion of the universe is the illusion of separation. Ooh, I love what? That. I don't get it. I, oh, the, the idea that like, the vibration of your throat could cause uh-huh. molecules in a star at the edge of the universe to like vibrate. It's that powerful. That, and it's also like that's how almost like connected everything is. Yeah. Do, have you not heard about like the particles where they've got um, it, was, it was something like two atoms or something from a from a from a same thing, put them 14 miles apart and then moved that one. And that one did the exact same thing from 14 miles apart what? instantaneously. There was no separation for mm. like distance was a separation, but it was an illusion of separation. Quantum oh entanglement. God. So if you if anybody out there like Nathaniel, who's now had their mind blown by this, mm. just research quantum entanglement. And obviously, as it's the name so suggests, cool. it's the idea that everything is entangled. Yeah. So everything is entwined. That's awesome. This this next quote is a really good one. This is by Leo Tolstoy. And this one really resonates with me because I actually even always thought this, even as a teenager, I thought this myself before I even realized that, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, this was like a great quote mm. by somebody like Leo Tolstoy. And this is, everyone thinks of changing the world, but no one thinks of changing themselves. Mm. And I really mm. like that one because I think it's very easy to be a critic and mm-hmm. I think it's very easy to act like you have the answer for the world's problems. Mm. Um, and I think sometimes people do this almost like to reflect, um, not to reflect, to project. Mm. So mm. it's a way of projecting and sort of deflecting any responsibility from ourselves. Oh, our own lives. man, totally. But the idea is, at a base level, is that if we all really, really, on a deep level, focused on working on ourselves, to make ourselves decent, honest, mm. just... Um, worked on our, you know, really, you know, worked to become a better, the best version of ourselves possible, you know, intelligent, compassionate, strong, um, decent, then everyone in the world would be such a decent Mm. member of society that that the world would be such an amazing place. Mm. But unfortunately, a lot of people don't do that. They're so busy criticising the next... If they do this, the world would be better. If only Mm. that politician did this. Oh, if only my neighbour did this. If only, Mm. you know, it's my friend's fault because they did this. Oh, it's my my ex's fault because, you know... Start talking to the man in the mirror. That's Mm. it. Mm. Michael Jackson said. (laughs) You know, read some books. You know, start working out. Really reflect on yourself. If you had, like, a dispute with somebody recently, Mm. uh, you know, think, could I have done something better? Yeah. Did I lash... Reflection. did, Did I lash out at any point? Was I bitter and, and nasty at any point in a way you know that's that's not obviously mm. Mm. constructive you know that's just you lashing out mm. and it's it's not it's not productive you know like you've got to think about these things have you been decent to the people around you have you you know and let's face it no none of us are ever going to be perfect and that's fine we all make mistakes but at the end of the day if if you look at yourself in the mirror and you say i've done the best i can today and if you look at yourself in the mirror and say i know i wouldn't lie mm. You know, mm. I wouldn't lie to the people I love and I wouldn't lie to the people around me. And that if something bad, if I was witnessing something bad happen around me, I know that I would do something to stop that from happening mm. rather That's than walking so, by yeah. and ignoring mm. it. And you it's know, very you, simple. If you look at yourself in the mirror and you can say that, then, you know, it's we all do our day. best. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But exactly. Like, it's like we said before, man, about like your sphere of influence like that, like... Mm-hmm. What's your sphere of influence? Mm. Don't say stuff about other people's sphere of influence. Yes. Like mm. you don't know what the answer is because that's not what you have control over. Like so, what do you fi- what do you physically and mentally have control over in this moment? Mm. That's you. Yourself. So if you start yourself. talking about other people and politicians and all that mm-hmm. stuff, that's like like you said, projecting it outwards rather than actually taking responsibility for what I your sphere. Mm. And nothing is it. It's just noise. Mm. It's just noise. Like yeah. how much good are you really doing? Mm. You know, you're you're you're, you're, not, you're adding to the problem you're you're technically saying a lot mm. but what what's what are you re- doing what's really Actions what's actually coming of it words. yeah what, what's coming of it <laughs> yeah what's coming of it other than moaning. other than yeah <laughs> essentially moaning and this almost like leads into i think a lot of these quotes in some ways not all of them but some of them are, are connected and I, and I like this and this is a we've, i've told um a couple of quotes by jocko willink before whom i'm a fan of um ex um, u.s navy seal very decent human being and and this is just a great simple little quote as as most of his quotes are and that is Weakness is strong. I must be stronger. Ooh. And I love what I love like what that means on a deeper level. So the idea is is that like it's so easy to be weak and mm. it's so tempting. I get that, it now. that is that that is that is a mighty temptation. And what it means by that is like when I say weakness, it doesn't mean like, you know, physically weak. What it mm. means is it's like weakness Taking is so an many things. Option. If you if you know that the best thing for you and your family say is to do a certain thing but the temptation is for you to not do that and instead go down the pub and and get hammered or um you know that you you said that you were going to give up smoking cigarettes 
for your health and so that you can live a long life for your kids so you can be around for your kids when you're when they're 50 years old rather than you know potentially cutting your life short and not being able to say like what you you know i don't know you might not be able to take your kids to the prom or something like that mm. then that is weakness if you don't give up that because you know that's for the greater good you know that's best not just for you but for your loved ones for everyone around you you need to be strong you need to be stronger than the strength and the pull mm. of the weakness mm. you know mm. yeah it's a great Definitely. great quote great quote the you know resistance. when you get home if you're tired sometimes you know if you told yourself you were going to go for a jog that day or you're going to have a workout and you know that's good for you you need to do it mm. it's too easy to just the sit down on the sofa. Is resistance yeah mm. if you were gonna if you were gonna eat um you know if you decide you were gonna have some vegetables and, and something like that something that's you know make it delicious but mm. something that's good for you for dinner and instead you just end up you know just snacking on on rubbish you know, don't. It's too easy. Then you'll start hating yourself on the inside like I do. Exactly. <laughs> oh, oh, man, that, that food thing is one of the biggest struggles for me. Like, mm. the laziness of just getting something too easy. easy and too easy. tasty. The thing is, you know, you can find ways around it. So, I think, mm. for me, I've been so into working out for so long now that everything I eat I, is delicious, mm. but they fill my requirements. And mm. I always go on about burritos, but really, just think things like burritos, for example, I say I make homemade guacamole. So it's just avocados, some coriander, some lemon and lime, oh, bit, yeah. a bit of salt and pepper. So that's just, that's really healthy. That's good for you. Um, get some like mixed beans or something like that, you know, just pure proper beans, like no sauce or anything added, you know, c- cook them up, um, you know, cook some sort of, some, some sort of meat, you know, whether it's like, you know, grass-fed steak or whether it's you know organic chicken something like that just season it a little bit with some paprika and some other things you cook all that up you whack that in a in a wrap and you gr- and you grill that wrap mm. so it's nice and crunchy maybe a little bit of hot sauce because hot sauce not bad for mm-hmm. you you know there's nothing mm. it's just maybe a bit of sodium in there but you can get mm. like say frank's hot sauce it's not got any calories or anything like that in it but it makes it delicious once mixed with all the guac and everything like that and that is delicious maybe mm. even sometimes i'll chuck a bit of scrambled egg in there or something nice Oh, and mm. that will sort you right out, and that's that's perfect. You know, mm. you got loads. You know, chop up some tomatoes. Do it and feel good. Yeah, put some salad in there as well. I chop up some tomatoes, some cucumber, maybe chuck in some spinach leaves or some lettuce. You know, it varies a little bit. I, ch- I switch it switch up a little it bit, up, but things like that. Find ways to eat delicious food, but food that's really you know good for you. Mm. Mm. Things like you know have like jacket potato or sweet potato with some sort of protein sauce, and then you know. Some some broccoli or something. Cook it in a way that's nice, you know. Squirt some lemon on the broccoli and whatever, mm. whatever you need to do to make that taste nice. Put a bit of extra virgin olive oil on it or something. <sighs> this is another great quote by Jocko: "The more you practice, the better you get. The more freedom you have to create." Mm. Oh, mm. that's a good one, isn't it? Mm. Isn't that good? Mm. And I think you know you you will definitely understand that as a musician. Um, I think you know if if you have worked to build an ability or something whether it's art whether it's whether it's you're you've worked at a, an athletic endeavor to the point where you, you've now become a really good mm. athlete in that in that particular way or whether it's art i said mu- a, a musical instrument whatever it may be if you work if you practice you put in mm. the time and you become good at something then you have freedom cr- to create oh, and the totally. better you get the more freedom you have yeah and nobody can take that away from you a real Society good example that of that you. is like with music is like mm. there's guthrie govan who's an insanely good guitarist and he would talk about that and he's an amazing like uh, improvising mm. and he would say you know he knows so much about theory and everything like that mm. but he's like at the moment of that creation in music where you're with a band or you're on a backing track or you're doing whatever but you're just in full flow improvisation yeah all of that knowledge that that um that theory goes out of the window but mm. it's because it's already ingrained in and you can just like open up the floodgates and just you don't have to think you're yeah. just like literally just creating but from that place where you put all of that work in yeah so it's got structure and it's got form but it's not something you have to think about it's something that you just like do yeah. and i was like yeah that's that's so cool so it is mm. freedom it's freedom oh. but you need to put the work in before you can experience that freedom exactly you know? because it, before you've honed that ability you can't really do anything. You're so limited. Yeah. Mm. So yeah. you need to, you mm. need to put that time and you need to put the work in. And then once you do, you can reap the benefits. And that's that's a whole new beautiful world you've opened up for yourself. Mm. You know, you see like a, a really good artist or a really good musician or a, a top tier athlete doing something that they've they've been doing for years, for decades, and it's so impressive. Mm. And they are the masters of that universe. They've almost like created a universe where they are the gods of that universe. <laughs> you know, amazing. Anyway, we've sadly come to the end of another Pandora's box. We're out of time today. I was going to talk about hell pigs. 
because I was going to no. talk about Entelodonts. We're going to have to save that for next, next week. week. So if you want to mm-hmm. hear about some giant, ferocious hell pigs, and I'm I'm being serious, these things actually existed. They were called Entelodonts. Oh, then um, tune in next week. I'm going to talk to you guys about Deodan, the biggest mm. ever hell pig. But thanks for chilling with us this evening. We love every single one of you. Um, tune in next week for some more topics, a plethora of interesting subjects, topics, oh, yeah. and many a shenanigan. <laughs>